You're listening to the University Series from Operant Innovations. This week, we'll be speaking with Dr. Sunny Kim about University of California, Santa Barbara, and their fully online BCBA course sequence. Dr. Kim has received her Bachelor's of Arts, Master's of Arts, and PhD in Special Education and Teaching, specializing in autism from UC Santa Barbara, where she is motivated and determined to make this world a better place through behavior analytic practices. By teaching individuals with behavioral challenges to learn appropriate replacement behaviors so that they can be included in the least restrictive environment, develop meaningful friendships, and succeed in life. So we are here with Dr. Sunny Kim from UC Santa Barbara. So thank you for joining us. Hi. And can you give us just a general overview of the program? Yes. So our program actually was founded by Dr. Robert Cable. Um, He's kind of like the founding father of pivotal response treatment. And he is now up at Stanford with his wife, Dr. Lynn Cable. And so he developed our program and he left, I believe a year, about a year ago, maybe two years, a little less than two years ago, they moved up to Stanford. And as that transition happened, I took over the role as a uh, coordinator for our program. And since then we've had some, you know, slight changes to our program overall, but the overall premise of our program through the extension department is that we offer the program online. So it's 100% online. And what I, I mean, I might be biased, but I, what I really like about our program is that um, students are able to watch the lecture videos at their own leisurely time on a weekly basis. So how it works is our um, faculty, we upload videos once a week based on the various topics and students are able to watch it and some courses will have quizzes that go along with the um, week's content or various assignments and those are due on a weekly basis but due to like the crazy like range from students we have students from Africa all the way to New York literally all over the world Um, we just couldn't we didn't want to offer an online program where students had to meet at a specific date and time because that would have been difficult trying to schedule everyone's time zones Um, so that's kind of the beauty of our program is that it's flexible and students are able to watch the videos on a weekly basis and um, we do have like discussion forums your students are able to interact with one another um because that's a little that part i think to me is a little weird where you don't actually see other students but we do want to give a platform where you can talk to your colleagues and peers and because our program is through the extension department we don't offer a graduate degree so coming into our program, you already need to have a graduate degree. So our, we just offer the courses so that you can fulfill BACD's coursework requirements. Yes. And you guys are, well, we've talked to other fully online programs, um, but you know, it's still really interesting hearing the vast differences between them. Um, so what really kind of sets UC Santa Barbara kind of, what would you say really makes you guys unique as an online program? Well, what's very unique is just kind of the caliber of our program as well as the content that we offer. 
Um, it's, I think, I'm not too familiar with all the various online programs, but a few that I am familiar with is, you know, like, you know, some of the students I've supervised in the past, oh, we've done this program before, we have to meet at this time on this date, and there's all these things. We wanted to make the program flexible enough for professionals, because a lot of the students that take our courses are professionals working in the field, and they do have that nine to five or nine to six job. So we wanted to be appealing for those individuals, mm -hmm. um, as well as, I mean, the UC, I mean, out in California, we're out in the West Coast, the UC programs, schools in general are very prestigious. And so I think just having that prestige is also nice. Fun other, the other fact is, out of all the UC campuses, I believe there's 10, we're the only program through the UC system that offers an ABA program. That's awesome. And that just, I mean, that even speaks to the type of network mm -hmm. that your students could potentially have at their disposal. Yes. So it's very exciting. I mean, I, in California, at least the only other California schools that offer an ABA program would be like the state schools. Um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't think any of the state schools offer a fully 100% online program. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I know that we have some more of those coming in the near future. So I'll also be learning about some of the other California schools, which I'm very excited about. Um, I would say also for our program, we're kind of, we're growing. We first launched in 2016. Okay. I believe our, we had 13 students, so it was very small, and now we have a significantly more students, um, and every year, it just, the numbers keep growing, and we got, we actually got a big contract with um, Centria Healthcare, where we train um, over a little over a hundred of their students to kind of um, complete the coursework through our program. So we're very excited to kind of expand and grow. Um, and in a short amount of time, I think we've been able to really figure out what works, what doesn't work, kind of adjust it as we go along. So it's still a small program compared to some of the other online programs out there. But I think with us being so small, the class sizes are smaller and we like to cap it. Um, and so we don't like to have more than like 30, maybe 40 students per course. Um, so that way the students do have that opportunity to interact with the instructor. Yes. And what are some of, who are some of the instructors that you have teaching the courses? So it's myself and we have one other instructor. Her name is Lindsay Gluglatch and she is pursuing her PhD up at or University of Oregon. Great. I know I know some people from up there myself. That's also a wonderful program. Um, we are in the process of um, trying to get our fifth edition um, application like approved. Yes. And once that gets approved, I'm sure we're in the process of also hiring additional instructors. Yes. About that as well. Sounds like you guys are going to need it soon. You guys seem to be growing like a weed. Yes, exactly. So it's exciting all around. Um, and it wasn't like earlier on when we had such a small number of students in our program, it was really nice because we wanted to take everyone's feedback in terms of really improving our program. So, yes. And I know I'm looking online at some of the courses um, that you guys offer and I'll make sure that the website uh, is in the description. 
Um, very easy to find though if you just Google. Um, but what are some of, I'm looking at some of the courses right now, um, but what are, I'm assuming that, because fall, fall semester is probably starting very soon. Yeah. Um, do your guys' classes start, when do your guys' classes start? Like when do your cohorts come in? And what are some of the courses that uh, they'll be looking at taking? Because it is the verified course sequence. Yeah. So the, we are on a quarter system. And so the fall quarter, I believe, starts in September. Like I want to say the third week in September is okay. And that will take you all the way through December. And then in January, right after like the new year, that first full week in January, that's when we offer our winter course. And then we, that will take you all the way till the end of March. And then in April, we offer the spring course. And then end of June is when we offer the summer course. So currently, um, our students are in the summer course. And during the summer, we offer the single case experimental design class. And so, for example, in that class, we wanted students to have exposure to the various different types of single case design methods and how do you take data, how do you graph, how do you analyze. And for that class, students are expected to take data, graph, and analyze at least two different types of single case design methodologies um, and write a report for their assignments. So it's a lot of work, but it's good work it's work that they'll need to know how to do as a future bcba so that's exciting in the fall we're going to be offering our edx 312.1 which is the autism i like to call it the autism class and that's probably one of my favorite classes to teach just because i get to talk a whole lot about pivotal response treatment but i also talk about some of the other models that utilize principles of aba such as dtt incidental um, various naturalistic interventions. I talk about the importance of like social interventions for especially for kids with autism and um, how we target communication and how communication is related to behavior and all of that good stuff. That's yeah, that's really, really great. And I know that with online programs, how are your students doing their practicum? I know that you had mentioned that you have a partnership with Centria. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I know that you said you're training some of them, but how does, how does that, how does that work? If you, maybe if they're not, you know, in that partnership with Centria or, and I know that Centria is a, I know them as a nationwide company. So if, I don't know if they're further than that, but how does the, how do the, how do the practicums work in, you know, with the supervisions, what kind of questions might you get from your students, things like that? So luckily, we've been very lucky, most of our students are able to find their, because we're independent, we're considered independent field work, so it's yes. a little confusing because two of our courses is called Research Practicum. And it's called Research Practicum because when Dr. Cable developed the courses, that's what it was called, and students had to do a research project. And so we wanted to keep the same kind of information and content, but it's not, it's just like an extra class. So you don't really get hours for taking that class. That counts towards your field work hours, but it's just, a, it only counts towards your coursework. And so in the research practicum courses, we have A and B. Um, students pick a topic and they're to um, do some research on it, read articles on it, um, develop a nice presentation at the end. And we kind of do a round robin where 
um, throughout the 10 weeks, various students present on the different topics that they researched and kind of worked on. So I would say the first five weeks, I like go over like very basic, like ABA, like jargon, like the principles and concepts and stuff like that. And then the second half of the course, that's when students are like sharing stuff that they've researched and how it's applicable in their field. Um, so the A and B, it's just different topics that we cover. Now, in terms of students, so most of our students are able to find their own supervisor and they're able to get their own field work hours. Um, I would say a good majority of our students are educators. They're in the field of education. And at least in California, there's a huge demand for BCBAs in the schools, like just a huge demand. And that might be due to various lawsuits. Um, but I think at least here, the schools are finding that it gets very expensive to fund a student who has extreme behaviors. So for various reasons, I think they're turning to BCBAs. CBAs. Um, so I have a lot of teachers, a lot of counselors, a lot of school psychs um, taking our program and luckily they're able to get the supervision through their work. Now I do have a few students who just have a really difficult time finding supervisors. They might be able to find the work but they can't find the supervisor because they're in remote locations. For example, I had two students last year where they were both in Africa and Senegal and Dakar, and there's no BCBAs in Dakar. And so I, you know, so we do offer internal supervision for students who really can't find supervisors. Um, and for that, we meet face to face on a bi-weekly basis. They have to send video clips to us of them working with their client and we're able to then give them feedback. I mean, it's not, it's not like the best thing, but I think it's the best we could do in regard to like their distance. And I mean, it's nice to know that you are making sure that you're there for your students, you're supporting them no matter where they are, because I mean, even yes, Africa, there's probably a lot lower number of BCBAs, but I mean, even in rural United States, mm -hmm. I know that I came from, I, I just moved on from Florida to Florida from Michigan. And once you get into the upper peninsula of Michigan, the number of BCBAs I, is minuscule. Right. So that also means the number of services are minuscule. Mm -hmm. So I completely understand that. And it's nice to know that you guys go out of your way to make sure that even though it's not the perfect scenario, you're still giving your guy, you're still giving your students the best chance possible to become great practitioners. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what we really want is we want to have enough BCBAs, you know, where our kids can access these services because, you know, it, it's really needed in the world. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of our priority is like we really want to train good BCBAs so that in the future, all these children or even adults, anyone really benefits from these services. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. And that's the goal is to disseminate and get our services out there and spread the word. And as Dick Malott would say, save the world with behavior analysis. Um, but so what kind of experiences and situations do you find when your students are talking that, you know, they, you said a lot of them come from education, but how, how do you see them interacting in like the chat rooms and when they're interacting with each other? 
So for the most part, they're very supportive and they actually give each other really good ideas. So they'll suggest like, um, I had last quarter, I had one student and he, I mean, his school really figured out, <laughs> you know, like ABA stuff and they were able to incorporate it and like really do a systems change. Um, which is like fantastic and so he was able to kind of share with his peers in terms of like these are the steps that have to, he's like it's not perfect but these are the steps that we have to take and he was kind of able to like outline like step one step two and you know from that like other educators were like this is a great idea like let me run with this or what can i do so that my school is going to start seeing some of these changes um you know i've had various educators you know ranging from teachers all the way up to you know like administrators like principals like taking the course so just various educators um, in our program and for the most part i think they're just very positive i mean just a lot of positive reinforcement is kind of what i see and you know i read through all those discussion forums just to make sure there's no like negativity um, but, you know, I think it's really nice and enlightening to see that everyone is here to support each other. That's great, because I know that really building that community with an online program can really help mm -hmm. the students excel. Right. And so, I think, so, sorry to cut you off. Nope, but, go right ahead. Um, uh, and I've had this happen a few times where some of the students will realize they're from like the same area from like the same hood and so they'll be like oh let's form a study group you know which I'm like awesome you guys great job no that's that's perfect that's really perfect and I mean that might even be something that you guys start implementing in the future too like when you get feedback from your students like hey I want to know where yep. where my classmates are from because I'm going to be taking classes with them for Forever is not forever, but I want to know. Um, so what does what does the typical like application process or interview process look like for you guys? So it's very straightforward. The application is all online and um, there's no interview involved, but the only thing is we do kind of check your credentials to make sure you have the right credentials, right degrees in order for you to like take our program. Um, we also have a really strong like administrative team at UCSB through our program. And the girl, Sophia, she's just amazing in making sure like if you have questions, like she's available. Um, if she can't answer it, she'll like forward it to the right person. Um, so I think that's been very kind of helpful too to get that support from our home office and just making sure that students who are interested in our program get the answers in a timely manner. Thinking about the application process, what are some of the questions that you might be getting from students who are maybe looking at UCSB? when they're looking for programs? I think they're, so the most common questions I get is supervision, you know, do we offer supervision? And, you know, the responses, it just depends. If you really have a hard time finding a supervisor, then we can offer supervision. But, you know, that's something that we don't necessarily offer to like everyone, because then that would be, you know, like 60 plus students we would have to supervise and that would just be impossible. So we do encourage students to try to find their own supervisor, but you know, worst case scenario, we are here to like help and support them. So that's like one of the questions we get asked a lot. The second one is like, how long? does the program typically take? And, you know, it varies. If you were to take only one class each quarter, that would take six 
quarters, which is about a year and a half, if you wanted to double up, because the practicum courses, we do offer those year round. If you wanted to double up, then it's going to take you about a year to um, finish the coursework. Okay, so, so your students can actually get their verified course sequence, you know, after they have to have their, their degree already, but they can get their verified course sequence done in a year. Yes. So some students have actually like, they're like super on it and they're working full time and they're taking the course and they're able to get all of the hours, 1500 hours and all the coursework hours completed in a year time. So I'm that's very impressive. Um, yes. Most students I think will take anywhere about six quarters, the ones that kind of want to take their time, especially if you have a hard time finding a full-time position, um, then they'll want to take a little bit longer, which is still only a year and a half, so it's not too bad. Right. Um, and and it, that's going to change with the fifth edition. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are some of your changes that you foresee to, like, what do you, what are those going to be when the fifth edition does roll out? So, we are anticipating actually more students for the with the fifth edition because we have getting a lot of inquiries of, about students asking if they can start taking the fifth edition courses um unfortunately we're aiming to offer that starting january so early 2020 is when we'll start offering hopefully if everything goes as planned but the changes will be obviously they're gonna have to take more courses and that's not because we want them to take more courses that's because the hours have changed for the board and so instead of taking six classes, they now have to take seven classes. But if you take all seven classes, you're going to be, that will give you 315 coursework hours. And then you're going to have to go from 1,500 hours to 2,000 fieldwork hours. So we calculated that that's going to take students about two full years. So our course should take you about a year and a half. But if you wanted to time that with your fieldwork, it should take you about two years. Okay, and it's really nice that you've done the math just to show students that, yes, you can get the coursework done in this amount of time, but you're still going to have to have some more hours done, so that's where this other part comes in. So it's nice to know that, you know, there is, you've taken all of that into consideration to make sure your students do know what to expect when coming in. I think we have we've been getting a lot of interest from individuals in China, which is very exciting. I think a big part of that reason is one of the faculty at ECSB. Um, he does a lot of like work with China, um, and so I think that and in China, I believe there's only like five BCBAs in the entire country, which is crazy considering like there's over a billion people. There's only like five BCBAs, so it's a big need out there. Yeah, and even thinking of some of the cultural differences and language differences and barriers and yeah, so that could be a really great way to start spreading out and especially with the degree requirements that are changing as well coming up in a few years. Um, that should probably, I'm assuming, open up the gates to allow more people to come and start taking these. When we did the math, if we offer it in January of 2020, students, if it takes them two years, they'll be able, they'll probably be the first student, few students who'll be able to take the fifth edition test. That'll be offered January 2022. Okay. And so it sounds like you guys have a, correct me if I'm wrong, this is just from talking to you. It sounds like you guys have kind of like a rolling enrollment. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. So, so students can enroll 
or apply yes. anytime and then start at the next quarter? Yep, that's correct. All right, perfect. Um, what have I missed from asking you about UCSB? Because I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not as familiar with it. So in the verified course sequences, um, they're still, you know what I mean? I'm still, I know what a verified course sequence is, but you know, they're always a little bit different than the full, like the full master's programs. I will say another attractive feature of our program is the cost. Um, I think if you do the math, it's so, if you do the, if you get, we offer early bird discounts. If you sign up for our course early enough, then you get $50 off. So you, the classes are $500, maybe like 510, I can't remember. Um, and so if you only just like the early bird, I believe the estimation to complete our, like the six classes will be $3,200 about approximately, which I mean, it's not that bad. Um, and if you enroll late, it's going to be $550 for the class. And so you multiply that by six, that's like $3,500. So I think the cost is probably another attractive feature for a lot of students. I had, I actually had one student one year and he was just like, you know, just so desperate to find a supervisor. And I'm like, Hey, you know, let me know if you have a hard time finding a supervisor, but you know, we really encourage students to try to find a supervisor, especially since he's like in Los Angeles, you know, it's like, it can't be that hard to find a supervisor. So I told him to go on this little mission to find a supervisor, you know, pointed him to BACB's website where they list all the B, um, you know, BCBA certificate, uh, certificates who are able to supervise. And he did his homework, he did his research, and a week later, he's just like, I just can't afford any supervisors because they're so expensive. And he said, if I were to get the, the required hours supervised by someone else, that would be more expensive than take, completing the coursework. So, you know, we ended up supervising him because he yes. was just, I mean, I just felt really bad for this guy. Um, but he was just like, it's crazy how much... Um, people can charge for supervision. Yes. Yes, it definitely is. And that's why it's always nice to really dive into the field and get your hands dirty and see what, you know, the field is really about. Because a lot of times, um, if you can find a job, a lot, not all the time, but a lot of the time, the supervision is included. Right. So, yes. So that's always, yes, that's always something too. And then you're really immersing yourself mm -hmm. in that behavior analytic world too, to help you, to help facilitate right. your learning. Absolutely. So I think the cost is another big thing. I know our program has been awful at advertising and marketing. And so I think that's something we plan on kind of working in the future, um, maybe sending out some emails about like our program because we really haven't advertised so without any like marketing and advertising mm -hmm. we're happy with the numbers that we have right now um so we are anticipating a big influx of students come january that's no that's really really great and um where are a lot of your students um where are they going after they're done with the verified course sequence like what kind of work are they getting into so a lot of them continue to stay in education. 
Um, a lot of teachers will say my district is wanting me to get my BCBA where my district said they'll pay for me to like go through this coursework so that I can get my BCBA. And like I said, I mean, at least in California, it just seems like a lot of these schools are wanting to hire more and more BCBAs every single year. So um, like I do a lot of consulting with schools throughout Los Angeles. And I mean, five years ago, maybe a few schools have heard of BCBAs, but now, at least in Los Angeles, like every school is wanting BCBAs and it's just, yeah. That's, no, that's really exciting because coming from Michigan, um, just depending on where you were, they still might not know what that means. <laughs> so, um, but I will say California is always usually ahead of the game. Um, so it's good to know that it's coming everywhere because I kind of take California as our as our, you know, you guys are always charging forward, which is wonderful. I, mean, um, I really think it's because of those lawsuits, you know, like, yeah. and you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, I've had to like mm -hmm. testify in some cases and at the end of the day, like the number one complaint parents have is my, they always blame it on behavior, you know? Yes. Like, and I'm like, oh, should have hired a PCBA. Yeah, I know it's hard. I've definitely worked myself with some some families so um no i i can i can just imagine i can just imagine i'm lucky i've never had to me personally been called to court um so that's one thing i mean it would have been good experience but it's nothing that i ever hope for nothing i ever hope for so in your courses what are some of like the projects and assignments that your students can expect so they're all very applicable. I am not a huge fan of having students do assignments just because I want them to do assignments. I want them to do an assignment that's going to be meaningful and something that they can take away in terms of like developing their skills. So with that said, each class is a little different for our um, single case design course. Students have to like graph, analyze, collect data, graph, and analyze the data. Um, for the autism course, they have an option. I have students, they can either write a paper on a topic that was covered throughout the course, or they can develop a handy pamphlet um, regarding one of the topics that was covered in course for the audience that they uh, primarily work with. And that's been a very popular one. And I've had students come up with some really creative pamphlets. Um, like some students will develop a pamphlet on the seven dimensions of ABA. Um, I've had a student like develop a pamphlet on how to target initiations for kids with autism. So just really creative pamphlets have been developed for that course. But that class is a little hard because they have weekly quizzes that they have to take. So those quizzes are a little challenging. For our assessment course, they have to conduct and write an FBA report. Um, and I encourage them to do an FA, obviously with support from their supervisor. But if they can't, because some schools won't allow FAs to be conducted for various reasons. So, you know, if that's the case, then they just have to justify why an FA wasn't or couldn't be conducted. For our ethics course, this one is probably one of the most challenging courses. Um, I think every year students say this is a really hard class. Um, 
And they're like, wow, we never thought of it in that light, you know, or wow, this is a crazy case. It's like, well, these cases are all real examples of ethics. And for that class, they also have weekly quizzes, which I think that's where students really freak out because they usually get like half right, half wrong, like correct and half wrong. So they freak out a lot. So for their final assignment, I tried to make it very applicable. So one of the um, weeks we really focus on like supervision you know how to be a good supervisor what does supervision look like and so for their final project they have to complete a supervision contract they have to develop a contract and in addition to that they have to create a supervisor feedback form and then a supervisee feedback form so it's very applicable and then for the practicum courses it's just the research um, that they would have to complete and then yeah, and then that research is is that is that stuff that they're doing with their clients at that or students that they're working with or review kind of where it's like a case study. Um, so, for example, um, this quarter for our practicum course, students are this this the B practicum B is more exciting because the topics are more interesting and more applicable I believe I think it yeah and it's like more intervention based stuff so like last week I had a student develop a presentation on reinforcement and non-contingent reinforcement in the schools and so like what does the literature say about implementing the various like schedules of reinforcement and NCR how do you do that correctly in the schools like what are some areas that we need more research in, you know, like, and he gave examples of like when he, he's used it in his um, career where working in the schools. So, you know, like they do, it's more like a lit review. Okay. Okay. And then have been creative. I had one student actually take data um, on one of the clients that she was working with and then integrated that with research and literature and stuff like that so that works so i kind of leave it up to them you know i want to tap into their motivation i have the students pick their topic i give them like a list of topics and pretty much the topics correspond with like the task list um, put out by bacb but i'm like you know i'm going to be flexible if there's a topic that you absolutely want to you know research on like go for it because if you're motivated you're going to produce quality work and I know that you guys are newer uh -huh. so I know that a lot of people when they go searching for programs they go on to the pass rates mm -hmm. website and I know that you guys are not on there yet I know we are dying to know what our pass rate is <laughs> Um, anecdotally, I've had students reach out I think I passed the exam I think I've gotten a lot more of those so, but then I don't know if the students, so I know what at our last meeting in July with our home office, um, we have one of the girls at our home office, her, she's actually like going through our list of students who've completed the program and she's reaching out to see if they've taken the test and if, yes, if they've like passed the test. So we're also dying to know what our pass rate is. Yes. And I know I've talked to a few other programs. Um, online or on campus that also don't have the official pass rate yet. So I always like to make sure I bring that up though for the newer programs that just because, you know, there's not a pass rate on there yet, make sure you're reaching out. Um, and so what would you say to students who, if they listen and they have more questions, what should they do? 
they can always email me or they can email. I think if you, if they go onto our website, there's like an email contact and they can reach out to our department. And like I said, someone will be able to get back to them in a very timely manner. That's great. Okay. Is there anything else that I was trying to make sure I covered everything? I think we did. Let's see. We did course sequences, students, worldly students. Is there anything else that? Um, I guess like, well, because a lot of our students live far away, so they won't have the opportunity to visit our beautiful campus because it is on the beach. And at the, li the library on our campus is my favorite because you have like the ocean view and you're like, wow, this is amazing. But um, a lot of ours, because they're so distant, they don't have the opportunity to actually like come onto our campus, but they do have access, 100% access to our library because we, our library system offers like online like access where they can access various journals, all these like journal articles. So that's been a huge plus because sometimes, you know, you'll have to like come across, you come across a journal and you want to read it and you have to pay for it. And it's super expensive trying to read, pay for that one article so mm -hmm. being a student you do have that free access to the various journals thousands of journals actually yes and I, I I love that as well because I have access through some schools that I've taught at and things like that as well so it's very very nice to have the access to that as well um, where do you see UCSB going in the future or what are some of your goals for the program? So we have grand goals <laughs> for our program. You know, kind of our, you know, we obviously want our program to be one of the leading programs um, that's available to students on an international level, on a global scale. So that's kind of our like big goal. And, you know, we wanna do it carefully so that we're not just, you know, trying to get students with a very low pass rate. You know, we want that quality as well. So, you know, we wanna develop a high quality program that can cater to students, you know, across the world. And we wanna, you know, kind of our goal is to be able to support our students in various needs and various capacities. Um, you know, we've even talked about, our team has talked about, if we have more students who need supervision like we are happy to hire supervisors you know to like ensure that they can be supervised adequately so that's been a big plus so that's kind of our big goal is to really expand our programs or we're like one of the leading programs but on a smaller scale our kind of like immediate goal is to make sure that we are an approved course sequence for the fifth edition by january and then we want to also start probably sometime next year, I'm not too sure when, we want to start offering BC ABA programs um, because there's also a need for that. So I think that's kind of our short-term goals in terms of like what we'll be doing in the next year or two. Um, but our kind of global scale goal is to become one of the leading um, programs. Well, I think that those all sound like wonderful goals. <laughs> So, and it sounds like you guys are working hard to get them. Um, well, I think that we've covered a lot of it. You've answered a ton of questions about the student engagement and what the students can expect from the courses and where your students are coming from. And um, I know that, you know, I've looked up your background and I know that you have, you know, your degrees are in psychology and special education and teaching. And so you really 
can probably relate to a lot of the students that you have coming into your courses. Absolutely. And I think, you know, on that note, like I do really want students to like take away you know we've designed the courses where students can really walk away saying oh i understand that because sometimes you know our field we can we love our jargons which is awesome you know and definitely we incorporate a lot of that jargon into our courses but we also focus on how you translate that jargon because on a day-to-day -day basis, we're not going to sit there using ABA jargon because then our clients won't understand what we're talking about. It's like we're speaking a foreign language. So, you know, I think one of the positive feedbacks I've gotten from a lot of students is just kind of how applicable and how easily digestible the information can be because, you know, they are like sometimes it's, the information can be overwhelming um, because it's just so filled with like jargon. So knowing what I know about education and if you're trying to work with teachers and you're going in there as a consultant and you're, you know, using all this term, you're not going to have any luck <laughs> making changes in the schools. So, you know, I do try to teach in a way that students understand, but also teaching them that there are times and places where you have to actually use the ABA jargon. Yes. Yep. And I mean, behavior analysis is definitely a science of its own. And yeah, I think, you know, bridging that gap to yes, still making sure we're disseminating our science, but at the same time, making sure that when we are going into schools that we are making it so that the teachers and the paraprofessionals and the administration, it, really we want to make them buy in Absolutely. as well to start building those relationships and it's kind of like if you went to a doctor's office you know and you told the doctor you have a cold and the doctor's like oh you have a cold he's not going to use medical terms to describe my cold <laughs> you know otherwise i'd be like what are you talking about and you know that's kind of but the doctor needs to know the term so when he's talking with these colleagues he can use the appropriate terminology and that's the same for us too you know i kind of think of us as you know we are scientists first so we do have to use those science-based language but you know when we're catering to our clients we have to also cater to them so it's like speaking two languages it definitely is definitely is and especially when you start reaching out into even other fields and applications of behavior analysis because business and any of those other fields they all have their own absolutely language that you have to learn yeah well thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to meet with me and talk if there's any other question, you can shoot me an email and we'll reach out. Yeah. No, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the University Series. Next week, we'll be staying in California to speak with Dr. Jonathan Tarbox about the USC program. And as always, if you have any feedback, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to email us at operantinnovations at abatechnologies.com.